presence in our midst. Thank you for your presence in the house, Lord. We ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and grant us understanding of that that is on the Father's heart this morning. Jesus, you yourself said that the seed of the word will be stolen unless there is understanding. So we ask that by your spirit, we might understand and discern and recognize your voice in our midst this morning. We lean upon you now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We declare and decree that this whole perimeter of this church is under the covering of your blood. And that no other voice will be heard in our midst this morning, Father, as we fix our eyes on you, looking away from everything that distracts. Even in our hearts now, Lord, we choose to look to you now, Lord, fixing our eyes on your counsel and your instruction this morning, Father. In Yeshua's name, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kirk. I always say when we get here, I always say I thought that our local congregation, no worship could compare with that. But I said to Eddie, somehow I'm, I'm, I'm changing my mind with Frontline. <laughs> All the years that we've come here, we've been so blessed. So thank you for the invitation and having Edward and myself here this, this um, weekend. We... Um, we're growing old now, and um, we have this little joke between the two of us. Eddie says, speak for yourself. We have this little joke between us that when we go out, I remember to the shops, I remember what we must buy, and he remembers who we are. <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly now where we are. But for the grace of God. In the weeks before we came here... Um, I was reflecting a lot on the church, and I felt the Lord started giving me key words um, for, for the leadership. And as we spent time with, with Ryan and Ronell on Friday as well, um, so much confirmation came to me. So I would like to this morning just break open the word that God has laid on me, and then um, perhaps share just a very specific word 
with the leaders of the church that I believe um, God is bringing you into a new season. And the theme for this morning was the authority of the end-time believer. Um, we've just come out of two horrific years. Isn't that true? You know, and a lot of us are still so battered, and our hearts is just so numb of the loss and the grief and all the different things we've gone. And we, we hear a buzzword in, in, in the secular world that says the whole earth is being reset. We'll never go back to where we were before. But coinciding with that is the preparation of the end-time bride. Look to the person next to, you, next to you and say, to this kingdom there will be no end. Can you just say that aloud? We need to hear that this morning. To this kingdom there will be no end. And we all know that um, you, can, you can actually now sense that there's an acceleration going on now that God is resetting the bride as well. Um, he's bringing us to pleasant, and that's exactly what I want to talk to you about this morning, is where are we um, at the moment as a people and what is happening um, in our lives. So I want to talk a little bit about a star and a wedding dress. <laughs> and I'm sure all the girls get getting excited now. A while back, as I was just sitting, we have an upper room <clears throat> that looks towards a mountain. And um, the Spirit of God woke me up early in the morning and just before dawn, I was just sitting and just waiting on the Lord, not specifically praying anything. And as I was looking towards the mountain, the morning star was so clear in the skies, you know, and I was just drawn in my spirit to, to it. And behind the mountain, the dawn was just slowly, the first rays of dawn was coming through. And I started experiencing the Spirit of God talking to me about the morning star. And, and I was reflecting on the fact that <clears throat> all of us know that the morning star is at its brightest just before dawn breaks. And we know prophetically that for us as a people, the dawn breaking means the return of Christ. So what is God speaking to us this morning about the morning star? I went right back and, and started researching and just waiting on the Lord um, about the morning star. And first of all, we see in the last book of Revelation that, that Jesus says he is the morning star. You know, he is the morning star. And I thought, Lord, but how does this coincide with your second coming? What, what, are, you, what are you saying to the bride about the morning star? And then I was led to the book of, of 2 Peter 2 verse 1 that says, um, you know, that you ought to make sure the lamp inside of you until the morning star arises in your hearts. Yet these were people that were saved. They were following Christ. So what is the morning star arising in our hearts? If we look at the book of Revelation 2, where God speaks to the seven churches, he speaks to the, the church of Thyatira, and he says, he says, if you will overcome, I will give you authority over the nations, and I will give you the morning star. So there was a direct correlation with authority and the morning star. Because once again, this is not people that weren't saved. They were saved. They were in a relationship with God. And yet God was saying that for those who will overcome, they will be given authority. 
And I want to say to you, church, I believe with my whole heart that we're at the place now that we're seeing and we are aware that the second coming of Christ is in front of us. We're seeing prophecy coming into place in, in, in Israel. We see it all over. We see economic structures falling, systems falling, you know, tribal hatred. All the, the, those prophecies are coming to fulfillment. I don't know if you, I don't know if it was the Beatles or the Bee Gees, some of you too young to know, many years ago sang that song that said this world has lost its glory, you know. And that, that is so true. We're seeing it before our eyes. This world is losing its glory. And yet, the bride of Christ, this is our finest hour, church, that we're going to rise up in the glory of our King like never before. But within, whenever there is a revelation or a manifestation of the Spirit of God, there's always preceding a period of preparation. And so we're at that place now of preparation. In Revelation 19, it says, The marriage of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready. Clothing herself has been given unto her, fine linen to clothe herself with the righteous acts. So what is that scripture actually saying? That scripture is says that the wedding dress is made up out of the good works of the bride. And I was sharing with Ryan and them in this period of time just waiting on the Lord. I saw a fabric shop that I loved to visit before in an area in which we lived that had very exclusive and the most wonderful um, rolls of material. And I had a vision of how these rolls were taken down and thrown over communities as a love covering. And I believe that the bridal array is the covering which the bride is going to start giving to a lost and broken world. We're just going to start covering them with love. And this is where we, as a church now and as an individual, I want to say to you, work where God is working. What is on God's heart now is that the bride, this glorious bride, is going to rise up with the works of Christ, which is his love. And I believe with my whole heart that the authority of Christ, that morning star, will rise up in our hearts when we are transformed into his image as a bride. The presence of Jesus will be so strong in the end time bride. We won't be living our lives anymore from the outside inward. We will be living it from the glory of the deposit of Christ inside of us and overcoming people. You know, but the problem is, Deline, how do I get there? Because some of us have just shut down our hearts. We're just so numb with the cares of this world. You know, the Bible says that the cares of this world and the desire of riches just numbs our hearts. So we have to start getting back to that place where, where our hearts is just becoming alive again. And we're just falling in love again with Jesus. Because he's coming back with a, with a lovesick bride. And maybe for a lovesick bride, and maybe, maybe the, the pandemic had this effect on us, that it stripped our outer world from everything that we were depending on. You know, all of that was stripped away. Do not boast in wisdom. 
do not boast in riches, do not boast in power, but boast in the fact that you know and understand me. And there's coming a deep intimacy where all of that has been broken away from us. Knowledge has no effect no more. Everything that you've been been, you know, chasing after has, has no strength anymore. Power has no strength. All of that has been taken away in a moment for us. And God is pruning us right back into him. Right back into him. And that is what has been happening. There's a reset for the church now at this time like never before. I have found that the way that God is calling the church now is into the weapon of rest. I want to say to you, when we've exhausted, uh, uh, exhausted ourselves of, of programs and striving and ambition, because all of that is cut away in a moment, I want to speak to you about the weapon of rest now, because I believe that as an individual and as a corporate body, God is calling us into deeper places of rest and surrender. You see, rest is relational. It, it's, it's absolutely connected to relationship. I cannot rest if I cannot trust. If I cannot trust, it's, it's directly related to one another, but it's a tremendous weapon of authority because it's actually deeper places of surrender, drawing deeper into Christ and coming to that place. When we have peace, church, we have authority over the enemy. When we get to that place of peace, we have authority over the enemy. And so God is this morning calling you to that place, to, to, of deeper places of surrender, where I lay down all the things. And it's strange to say rest is a weapon. Because we feel, no, you need to push, you know. And, and a lot of people are saying praying, pushing means, you know, praying until something happens. Nothing wrong with that. But I have found now... That in rest, I actually come right under and I submit. I submit to the Lordship of Christ. And out of that intimacy, things start moving because Jesus takes over. And so this morning, there is a, a call to you, no matter be it financial, be it relational, be it your health. God is calling you to a place of rest. You know, your brain works at its best when you are restful. Did you know that? Your creativity. Because the counsel of God resides within your spirit. But to access it, you need the key of rest. The, we, we are not orphans that are left upon this earth without direction. Never. Never. Because we have a shepherd and he's leading his sheep. But the problem is your mind, you know. And I find, I see it with the young people and I see it with children. They are so, you know, jumping from one. They, they can't come to places and, and a part of it is because of social media. We're not coming to that deep places of rest where we can just concentrate on something and just quieten ourselves so that we can come to deeper places of hearing his voice. And we will only access that by waiting on the Lord and coming into that places of rest. And it's a choice you make. It's a choice you make to surrender all of that that is causing you anxiety and stress. You know, and people 
in the corporate world that says you need a vision, you need a plan, I beg to differ. I want to say lay all of that down and move into deeper places of reflection and rest. And out of that intimacy, something will come forth. You know, we talk in, in John 15, we talk about the vine and the branches. And we see that the branches, the branches actually just grows out of the vine. It doesn't strain to grow. It, it's, just, it's just a natural thing that happens as it is connected to the vine. And so that's the place where God is now bringing his people. Um, we've, there's been a lot of teaching in, in the body of Christ about Matthew 25, the parable of the, of, the, um, of the virgins, you know, and the getting ready and the coming of Christ and keeping their lamps burning and so on. But it's, we don't have time this morning, but it's very interesting if you, you study Matthew um, 25 verse 7, it speaks about when, when the word went out, the bridegroom is coming. It says that the five of the virgins stood up and trimmed their lamps. Some of the translations said they, get their, they, got their, they, they prepared their lamps. The American standard said they trimmed their lamps. Now, the original Greek there of the word trims actually means circumcision, which actually means that they circumcise their hearts. That, that wick of the lamp is our spirit man. Circumcise the flesh away so that the lamp can shine brighter before the coming of the bride. And that is where we are now. God is circumcising away the flesh. He's wanting us to trim that lamp back into that. Church, I want to say to you, the authority of the end time bride is made up out of love. I am convinced that is the thing that caused the darling of the heavens to come to earth. He came to earth. Sometimes I get overwhelmed with the humility of Jesus. Have you ever thought about the fact that Philippians said he emptied himself of his godly attributes, taking on the form of a bondservant? I mean, can you imagine this powerful God commanding galaxies, taking off that, those abilities and Humbling himself, taking on a form of a servant. And yet we don't see that as power. I want to say to you today, church, love is a power. It is the greatest power that is coming upon the earth now. But it will be, it will be released through God's people. And the world will come running when they see the real thing. We, we won't have to train people to evangelize. They will come to the light. They will be drawn to the light. The main thing is now is we have to prune ourselves back into a place of love. We've got to position ourselves to a place of love. And then out of that, authority naturally flows. In the book of James, it says, submit to God. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. A lot of us have warfare in areas, you know, that we are we're really contending with, with a lot of stuff. 
and we've become weary and we just don't know anymore what scripture to quote, you know, and what, what magic wand to lift so that we can have a breakthrough in a situation. A key, which I think goes with the fact of, of surrendering to deep places, is, is submission. Am I talking about sub, uh, submission in terms of control? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if you have an area in your life that you are struggling with, try and find out what it is you must come under so that then, after that, you can resist and the victory will come. I felt that God wants to give this key this morning to somebody here. I want to give an example. If I'm struggling in my marriage and I'm considering a divorce and I'm just not getting a breakthrough in my marriage, then God says to you, close that door. Come under submission of what God's order is. God hates divorce. And as I choose God's order, then authority will come to resist the powers that is attacking my marriage. Somebody here this morning needs to hear this. No matter what you are doing, come under the order of God, then the resisting, and then the release will come. That is a great weapon for us. You see, we, the world operates so different. And so I want to say to you this morning, what are the areas in your life that needs to be circumcised so that your heart is in a place of preparation to return to that place of your first love? And out of that will come forth the righteous deeds of the, of the saints. I want to, before I carry on, I want to ask perhaps that everybody involved in the leadership or in the office, if you are here this morning, if you could just stand to your feet. I just want to share the word that, that the Lord has given me for Frontline. Maybe some of, of the guys are not here or involved in any form of, of ministry. I've written it out so that I don't forgive, forget anything. A shift is coming to front line. A season that is made up out of three months. And I see that you've come out of a season now and you, you are transitioning into a new season. The Spirit of God is bringing you back to the blueprint for this house. He's revamping. He's restoring. And... When you are revamping, sometimes you, Edin, <clears throat> I've seen that you stay in one room while you're working on the rest of the house. Have you experienced that? So you're actually restricted. You're restricted while you're working on the rest of the house. But I he heard the word over and over that this place will become a safe house, a place of refuge. There will be a deepening of relationships, and out of it, a shift will come into mercy ministry. I see that God is shifting this whole church into mercy ministry. Some of the streams of it has already started to flowing. Um, it's already started to flow. You will not be comfortable with it in the beginning, just like we are when we revamp a place. We're not comfortable with it in the beginning. It's uncomfortable. 
it's not at the place where you want the end product to be. But God just says, just obey me. Just obey me. There will be a coming into the mercy ministry, feeling poor, a place for the abandoned, and the outcast will be taken up in families. The lost will be drawn into the love that will be in this place. And the spirit of the worship will bring it, place, bring, it, bring it forth. You will birth this new shifting in worship. I strongly want to commend the leadership to corporately wait on God in times of worship so that God can give you the instructions. Um, I want to pray for, over you now that the Lord will, will give you a spirit of wisdom and willing hearts as you position yourself for this new season. Father, I stretch forth my hand now and I pray, Lord, in every season there are certain things that we need to do so that we can reap in the next season. I ask that you will grant the leadership, Father, the time and the hunger to position themselves in worship so that they can receive the instructions of you. And I proclaim that this place will become in the times in the future a safe house, that it will be a lighthouse to the place, that people will come running. Lord, you are preparing for the king's banquet. And it's a time, Lord, that you are sending out your angels to bring in the sexually broken, to bring in, Lord, those who are in dungeons, the outcasts, those that the world will not even look upon and think that is of no worth, you are bringing them out into this place, Lord. And in this place, they will be transformed and sent in, sent out into the mission field. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church. I want to continue... <clears throat> To say, Hebrews 4 says, let us be diligent to enter into that rest of God. And the word says, make every effort. So church, it takes work. It takes work to rest. You need to discipline your mind that is going into seven directions and draw it back into places of rest so that it can become peaceful. I was speaking to my daughter. We've just come back from um, visiting our grandchildren that we haven't seen for two and a half years and they were having uh, they have twins that are two years old and they were struggling with him with sleep patterns and I was talking to my daughter about the fact that God has created us our brain that we should have times of, of being extremely busy and then cycles of rest God created you to rest please know that if you are not if you're battling with sleep it's demonic because God wants you to come to places of rest. God, is not, God has not created us. He has not created us to behold sorrow and evil 24-7. So please get off continuous news, news feeding and bad news. You know, years back in the generations back, you just knew about your own trouble and maybe your neighbor's trouble. <laughs> and that was it. Now you are open to every care and demonic evil that is just contacting you 24-7.
Church, we have to obey now to withdraw back into God. I have found myself, you know, that I don't feel connected if I don't touch my cell phone. And I've been severely rebuked by the Spirit upon that. And when I stopped turning off my cell phone, just even in my prayer times, I just started hearing, it's not that God's not speaking to you, but you've got to silence all the voices in your mind to get to a place of rest. You know, and some of us, if we don't hear the Lord talking immediately, we think God doesn't want to talk to me. But that's not true. Put your hand here. God is residing here. But I've got to connect here and not in my outer world. We've got to come back and start living out of this place. So that no matter what is happening in the pandemic and what is happening outside, I'm at a place of peace. And I'm at a place of rest because I'm connected to the vine. And I'm telling you, it takes hard work. Because some of us get so bored if we don't hear from the Lord because it's not excitable, you see. But sometimes God wants you to quieten down completely. Completely. Remember when, when Isaac, when Abram, when Isaac was born... Abram had a celebration, but when Isaac was weaned weaned from his mother, he had a feast. What is that scripture about? That scripture is about the fact that God is wanting his people to come into places of maturity now. We've got to come now. Because, see, there's coming a very, very big division between churchgoers and the lovesick bride. No more watching my watch when I come into church for, you know, how, how long, how, how are we doing now when, when we're going home? So hungry for his presence that I'll lie on the carpet when it, until what needs to be done is done. And it's happening right now. And I want to say, don't be concerned um, when people leave. It's just exposing their heart. You know, how hungry am I for, for that? And I want to say to you, no matter what you are gaining through watching the word on, on um, YouTube or wherever you're watching it, there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to say to you, you cannot. It's been an absolute instruction from the Lord to, um, but I don't know what the English says, but it's the Afrikaans says, Munidi. Um, what does the English say? The gathering of the saints. I don't care if you gather with four people. You need the gathering of the saints. You need the gathering of the saints because there's an impartation. We have been created for relationship, not for screens, church. Please. And once again, I want to say that again. I understand that. But you need to. You know, I, Edward and I was traveling from the Ukraine and um, catching a connecting flight. And a group of, of, I think it was football players, came in at the age of 17 and 18. They came into, you know, the, the area where we were waiting for the plane. And I mean, 17 and 18, like I knew my boy when he, they were that age, you know, wrestling with one another, kicking a ball, you know, juggling, screaming, laughing. Here came this whole group of of um, sports players, this whole team, faces like this, sitting down, taking out their tablets, 
no connection, no talking. And I thought, Lord, how far have we gone from the life of relationships and how great is the control of social media, even on our young people. You know, and it's interesting, I spoke to a person that was involved in neuroscience and he actually explained to me that parts, we, we started doing a documentary on it, but it wasn't finished, that there is parts of the brain that actually shuts down emotionally when you have uninterrupted hours of screen time. And it's been happening with children that's just getting into games because they cannot look somebody else in the eye anymore and be relational. We often used to say in marriage seminars, take your partner and look them in the eye. And some people is not able to do that because the eyes are the lamp of the spirit. That's why the word says in Hebrews, fixing our eyes on Jesus Church, we need to sit in intimacy and start beholding the eyes of Jesus until we feel our emotions stirring. We need to have that eye contact with him like never before. Because once you've experienced that love look out of his eyes, your life will never be the same. And out of that purpose will come forth. A lot of people are asking, what is God's purpose for my life? What do I need to do? Where do I need to get involved? That's not the starting point, church. The starting point is fixing your eyes on Jesus, looking into his face. Corinthians says that we are all being changed from glory to glory as we behold him with an unveiled face. You know, it's, it's like coming into a room where people are smoking. You go out and your clothes, you know, smell, smell of smoke. There's a, there's a transference of his love when you study Jesus. There's a transference that, that, that happens in your heart. I want to continue just to talk about how's our time doing. Oh, am I finished? Okay. Okay, Eddie shows, okay, I'm wrapping up. I'm a woman under authority. I have to listen to Pastor Ryan and my husband. Okay. I'm quickly going to talk about the weapon of community, so I'm speeding up. <laughs> the weapon before we go into communion, I want to say to you, uh, incredible authority, a weapon of authority for the end time bride. Why? Because every time I take communion, I actually... And in the heavenlies proclaiming the covenant that I have with God. Can you remember when David faced Goliath and the whole army was lying flat on their faces of fear? He said, man, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? What did he actually mean? Did he mean, um, you know, you're just from another culture, another nation? No, that's not what he was talking about. The fact that he mentioned the circumcision was the covenant, you know. He couldn't care how large the problem was. I am in a greater covenant than you are. And that settled it. That little boy was settled. He picked up the pebbles and to him that was done. He said, you come to me with this, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. 
and he knew that the name of the Lord was invoked on him with circumcision. What is this communion that we are taking today is in the spirit realm we proclaiming the covenant. That covenant says, I am your provider. That covenant says, I am your protector. It says, I am your banner. You're actually in the heavenlies, no matter what is come against, coming against you. That is why Jesus insisted upon, insisted upon it that every time that we came together, I, I heard from Pastor Ryan that he was teaching on the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts because that said there was a breaking of bread in the houses daily. Daily. Because, because of remembering the covenant. It's not just the ritual church. There's incredible power in the spiritual realm. We can tell story upon story in our family of provision, of healing, of revelations. And that is what I'm saying. There's before the manifestation of revelation, there's always preparation. And I, wanted, I want to encourage you this morning when you go in to take the communion. Just look upon the communion different this morning. Remember, a lot of us need to go to the communion this morning and literally experience the exchange of your broken emotions. Come, come and see the communion this morning. If you are in a burnout, if you are angry, no matter what it is, Jesus paid the price. You can within a moment receive that exchange in the communion this morning to say, Lord, I'm bringing you my weakness and I'm exchanging it for your strength. I'm bringing you, Lord, all of my pain. I always have a saying, pain is a friend that teaches you many things. But I want to say to you this morning, if you feel you, you cannot carry the pain anymore, take it this morning. In exchange for it, take his peace. In exchange this morning, exchange it for rest. All the anxiety, all the fear, Jesus bore it on the cross. I will never forget the day in my life when Jesus said to me, I've been battling with rejection all my life as a, as a, a young girl growing up. And my, my heart was healed the day when I remembered that Jesus bore rejection on the cross. His own people hated him. And when I said, Jesus, I send those emotions of rejection into the cross. And the exchange was to find my identity. And I want to say to you this morning, won't you just look upon the communion different today and proclaim in the heavenlies there's also something else that needs to proclaim today with the communion, and that is a separation. That, Lord, I am completing this race until you come. I'm completing it. I'm rising up strong in this hour. I'm contending to come to that place of deep surrender and a fresh falling in love with him. There was a moment this morning in the worship, Kirk, that I just felt that incredible revelation again of, of who Jesus is. We have not even touched the beauty of who he really is. And I want to encourage you, church, to go deeper into that places. Not more activity, less activity, more drinking from him. 
more drinking from him. The activity will flow out of that naturally. But it's first drinking from him. So we want to go over into a time of communion now. Um, Kirk, are you going to come and do the music? So first of all, I want to say, can we? Can I suggest one or two things? Can I ask you that in your heart, as you partake of the communion this morning, you proclaim, I am in a covenant with Jesus Christ, the coming King. And I've separated myself from this world unto him. Can we then just ask as the Holy Spirit comes this morning, because he's in our midst, as he just stirs up, what are the things that you need to just leave at the cross this morning? What are the things you need to exchange this morning? Is it weariness? Is it just a numbness in your heart that you've lost hope? That you're just so tired? Maybe it's confusion that you don't have direction. Maybe it's fear, fear of the future. You know, it would often teach us on the fact that we just pick up manna for one day. Jesus gave that spiritual law that just cope with the grace for today. Maybe you need to, to re, retract all the places in which your mind is running and draw right back into Christ in this moment so that you can walk out of those doors and feel streams of refreshment starting to flow out of you. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that right now you're bringing us back to joy camp. Thank you, Father, that you return our joy, not the joy of, our, of circumstances being in line, but the joy that we are loved. Oh, Father, thank you that I just ask now that there will be a fresh outpouring of love amongst your people for one another, Lord, but mostly loving themselves, Father, loving one another as they behold in your eyes that love gaze. Thank you, Jesus. That's the highest authority that we will have, Father, is coming back to places of love. And Lord, I ask for everyone that have just come out of such dryness and weariness, Father. The Word of God says in Isaiah, prepare ye a way for the Lord. Thank you for the preparations of our heart, Lord, that right now you're casting down the high places of pride. Lord, that you're filling up the losses of the last two years, the grieving, the loss, Father that you are removing stones of offense, that you are straightening our paths so that the Spirit of Jesus can reside in our hearts, that the morning star can rise up in our hearts strongly now, Father. Thank you, Lord, and by faith we receive it now. We receive it, Father. I just want to ask Pastor E just to come and speak out a fatherly blessing. I just want each one of us just to raise your hand like this. In an attitude of, Father, I receive your blessing. There is nothing like the blessing of a father 
how much more the blessing of our Heavenly Father. Yesterday I spoke on cycles of blessing. And may God just to take you up in cycles of blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And destroy every yoke of the enemy by destroying the cycles of destruction that Satan wants to keep us in. We are no longer slaves to fear or discouragement or hopelessness or despair. We are sons and daughters of a heavenly father who loves us. And like yesterday, I just feel God is saying, and take it for yourself. Receive it, receive it. If you won't receive it in your spirit, it will not become part of you. God's saying, you are my beloved son and my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. And I love you, says the God. Father, I pray right now that there will be a supernatural release of the Father's love into our hearts. As I speak out this blessing. Thank you, it's your word. And your word says whenever this blessing was spoken over the people, that blessing was upon the people. And this morning I would say, by faith receive it, it's upon you. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Allow the peace of God that transcends all understanding. To guard your heart and your mind. And in that manner keep you in Christ. May God bless you. Thank you for the time that we could share together and the time of ministry and uh, may God bless and just ex advance the work that he has started in this. You who has started the good work will bring it to completion. God bless.